Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. And uh, today, I'm I'm excited for our discussion because we're going to be continuing our new series, Bearing Witness. Um, If you've been with us over the last five weeks, you know that we've covered the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And this week on the podcast, we're going to be transitioning into our first historical book, the book of Joshua. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. This is probably a book many of you are familiar with. It's a story that a lot of us are familiar with. Um, But before we get into that, before I actually move into that discussion, I want to welcome back or introduce our (laughs) guest this week on the podcast, a familiar voice, although it's been a little while. Um, back on again, Tom Rempel, Faith Bible Church's senior pastor. Welcome back to the podcast, Tom. Hey, it's nice to be back. I've enjoyed the break, but it's nice to be back. Yeah, I, I, it's been fun. Hopefully, listeners, you've enjoyed getting to hear from some other voices and are looking forward to hearing Tom back on the podcast again. Um, but before I actually go into that here real briefly, I just want to remind you that this last Sunday, Daryl DeGraff, who was on the podcast last week talking about Deuteronomy, preached the first 18 verses of Hebrews 10 in our Sunday service. We heard about how Christ's death was the once and final sacrifice for sin. If you missed that message, I'd encourage you to go back and find it on our website, faithbiblelincoln.org. If you hit the media button and go down to that sermons button, you can always find any of those old messages, or you can search for our sermons feed podcast by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, and find the podcast with the black background and the white letters wherever you get your podcasts. And you can catch up on any messages that you may have missed if you weren't able to catch Daryl's message on Sunday. Now that's it for the review. Let's get into Joshua here. But I, I suppose first I should ask you, Tom, do, do I need to go back? Do we need to do the personal questions and reintroduce <laughs> you to our listeners? What has it been, two or three months it's since you've been, been on the podcast? It's been two months, yeah, since I've been sitting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to work hard to get yeah. back into the rhythm on this thing. We'll Tom's going to cover a few books here in yeah. a row for us listeners. Um, let's dive in, because I know Joshua yeah. here is one of your favorite books to teach in the Old Testament, Tom. Okay, so every week we're asking the same questions, and we start with what is the occasion and situation of the book. So what's going on with Joshua? Well, to to read these books, uh, a a great theologian told me a few years ago, always look for the spine or the hinge between them. So Joshua really is hinged off of the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, Mm -hmm. where we have the end of the 120-year lifespan of Moses, Uh, and definitely the conclusion of his last 40, which was leading the children of Israel. And uh, the book of Joshua then opens as Joshua is called by the Spirit of God to slide his feet into those huge sandals that were laid for him. And uh, so it picks up the next season of God's working with the children of Israel, the people of God that he has delivered from the land of captivity. Now he's provided for them for 40 years in the wilderness, and they're now about to realize the fulfillment of the promise. Yeah, it's... It, to your point, it picks the story up. You know, that speaks to the historical books, right? This is yeah. the next historical book, or the first historical book, excuse me. 
Um, picks up right where Deuteronomy leaves off with the death yeah. of Moses. Listeners, if you recall, over the last few weeks, we talked about the Pentateuch and how it kind of establishes the framework for the rest of the Old Testament, how Genesis sets up the creation of the world and the creation of the people of God, the Israelites through the patriarchs. Exodus brings them out of Egypt and establishes them as a people. Leviticus gives them their worship and celebration of God. Numbers is them preparing to go into the land the first time, which is kind of back where we are now, except for that whole 40 years wandering in the desert. And then Moses gives the final words preparing them to enter. Well, now Joshua, this new leader, puts his feet into those sandals, and we find ourselves in this situation. Okay, so Joshua and the Israelites are ready to go into the promised land. They're anticipating this. How then is this story told? How is the book organized, Tom? Well, it it begins by reintroducing Joshua, who had uh, for 40 years been the servant, as it were, of Moses. That's his title over and over, especially in the book of Exodus. But then you're introduced to him as God's chosen man to lead them, and God reinforces his call to him, which is interesting. And God tells him to only be strong and courageous and uh, don't let the words of God depart from him. And then the people all rally around and say, we'll follow you. You're Moses' leader. We'll follow you. And then they throw in this line and say, we'll follow you just as we followed Moses. (laughs) And if you're Joshua, you're going, oh, great. That worked out so well. (laughs) I did not want that that, that call. So that's the beginning. And and then rather than just rush into the land, uh, they go in and they, again, affirm the investigation that was made 40 years earlier mm-hmm. at Kadesh mm-hmm. Barnea, they sent in the spies, but this time they sent in two. Yeah. And last time they sent 12, and 10 of them, you know, just lost courage. Didn't they do didn't any good anyway. Them. So then two <laughs> so. stood firm. Well, those are the only two that survived. So you yeah. got Joshua and Caleb. They yeah. go in and they examine the land, and then they do the crossing of the river, another miracle work of God, similar to what happened with the Red Sea, but different here in it at the Red Sea. They came there, they're boxed in, and he says, hold your staff over and the waters will part. Here he said, when the feet of the Levites carrying the Ark of the Covenant entered the water, so it was a greater step of faith, but it's flood time and God opens it, parts it, and then they come into the land, and the first thing they hit is the city of Jericho. Mm. So they are tested on their faith. Will they win this battle by trusting the Lord, or will they do it in their own strength? Mm. And so it starts right away by God showing his presence and his power through. Then it begins to unfold with the conquering of the land until you get to the middle of the book, and then they've, they've taken territory, and uh, it's time to settle into the land, thus at least partially fulfilling the promise made to Abraham hundreds of years before, that this land will all be yours. And and then there's it it closes with a test of their faith. So it begins with, will you trust the Lord as we go in? And it closes, now that God has, for these last 25 years, proven himself to be faithful, will you continue to trust him in Mm. the future? Now that you're living in cities you didn't build and you're harvesting crops you didn't plant, now that you have some semblance of peace with the people around you, will you continue to trust the Lord? Mm. And it seems like it's going so well, right? I mean, we talked yeah. about in Deuteronomy, Moses' final words, 
Prepare your hearts, follow the Lord, follow his word into the land. Numbers, they they needed a do-over. Well, this is the do-over. They conquer Jericho. It seems like things are off to a really, really good start. We know that the book of Judges is coming here in a couple of weeks. Uh, And unfortunately, it's not going to go the way it should have gone. It doesn't stay that way. Uh, But let me ask you a a quick question right here in the middle. A lot of the book of Joshua that you spoke to is is dedicated to this allotment of the land. Why is so much of this book set aside for something that we would go, okay, big deal. They settled in the land. Well, it was interesting when I've been reading back over the story of Abraham and Lot and when when God had blessed both of them so much that they had to divide their business up, and uh, Abraham said to Lot, you choose where you want to live, and I'll go the other way. And Lot chose the more desirable, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. After Lot did that, went into the grassy valleys and all, then God said to Abraham, he says, now, look everywhere you are and everywhere your foot tread. So the settling of the land was the fulfillment or beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise that this land, every square foot of this land mm-hmm. belongs to you. But they have also, there, there are 12 tribes, and so uh, there's this kind of this tribal association and the, the settling. So it's God affirming that his word is literally true, and they can trust him, and I'm going to affirm that by allowing you to actually settle in. At the same time, he didn't just wipe out the opponents and the enemy. He made them do the labor of battle and yeah. settlement. So yeah. you've got this combination of, it, it reminds me of Philippians, so work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who's at work in you, yeah. with the will and do of his yeah. good purposes. So here it's like, settle the land, it's God that's doing the work. Yeah. So you, yeah. you, you take your share, God's going to back it up. I think that's the high point of it is that uh, we don't just sit back passively, but at the same time, we recognize when all is said and done, it's God that did the work. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what their problem was in the book of Numbers. Yeah, total problem. <laughs> they totally missed that old dependence thing that they needed yeah. God to take out these yeah. giants that they were so terrified of. Yeah. Well, those people didn't change, but they waltz into the land like it's no problem at all yeah. because they're trusting God throughout the book of Joshua. There's a few blips here. Yeah, I mean, we've, got the, we've got AI and we've got some yeah. hints that things are not going to go quite as swimmingly as we made of hope. But by and large, the book of Joshua is a very positive, positive. book as the people are faithful yeah. to what God has called them to do. Okay, now you've already hinted a little bit here at kind of the way Joshua functions when you're talking about the structure of it. This is a story. Yeah. So how should we read a story like Joshua? Well, the error I've made in the early years of my ministry was that it it is a great leadership principle manual. Mm -hmm. So we have a tendency to read it like, okay, what are the truths I can pull out of here to apply to my own leadership and all that? Rather than to read it as God's record of how he worked powerfully through fallible people to accomplish his eternal purposes. And so we should read it and look for where, where do we see the hiddenness of God, and it, it, unlike like Esther and that we'll talk about in a few weeks, but in this case, the, the hand of God is not that hidden. It, it, he's <laughs> continually working, I mean, throwing hailstones with yeah. marksmanship skill, mm-hmm. you know, walls stopping the sun down for, for the no walls reason. fall yeah, down, like... fall in and not out. I mean, yeah, all yeah. of those things. So he, he is affirming to a new generation, really, because those that came out of Egypt have died in the wilderness. This is a new generation, and God is affirming to them his faithfulness and his power Mm. and the affirmation of his purposes. And so we should read it through that lens. What am I learning about the faithfulness of God, his plan and his purposes and his presence? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and God is so faithful to his people throughout this story. And obviously that's true for us yeah. as well going forward. Okay, so if, if you were to say then, okay, so we're reading this book um, like a story. Read it in, in broad sweeping. I know Daryl last week encouraged listeners to read all the way through Deuteronomy in one yeah. shot. Obviously, reading all the way through the story of Joshua in one shot would be helpful for people as well. But let's assume we read it like a story. Let's assume we, we don't kind of cherry pick it for our leadership nuggets, if you will, but are looking for the hand of God as we read through it. What's, what's the message we're going to come to? What is the primary message that this book was trying to communicate? Well, it, uh, I think they call it in, uh, in the Bible study methods, the top and tail. Mm. But it starts with God's call to the leader, Joshua, you know, be bold, be courageous, but don't let my words depart from you. And it ends the same way. Mm. You as a people, now that you're settled in the land, be bold, courageous, but don't let God's word depart from you. So I think we read it as a, as a lesson in what it means to, in the midst of life, everyday life, in the midst of every challenge and in the midst of every temptation, that we continue to trust in the Lord and faithfully lean on Him. Mm. And uh, sadly, uh, He has to call them out to commitment at the mm. end after 25 years because their parents in the wilderness, when Moses is gone for 40 days, they say, wow, we don't have a leader here. And uh, so they, they induce Aaron to throw gold in a fire, as he said, and a cow right, came out right, and they worship. Right. This, is, this is the God that led us out of Egypt. And so he calls him 25 years later and says, you got to decide. So Abraham's father was an idol worshiper in Ur of the Chaldeans. Mm-hmm. Your fathers were from a land of godless worship in Egypt. You've entered into a land where they have all kinds of gods and idols they worship. So who are you going to worship? Yeah. And he says, my family and I, we're going to worship the true and living God. And they all respond, yeah, we're going to do the same. And he yeah. goes, no, you're not. Uh. <laughs> I've been with you for 20, I've been with you now 65 years. You're not. And they go, no, no, really, we will worship. So I think that's how you read it. It's like, so we trust the Lord. There's a temptation not to. Mm. There, there, are, there are draws and attractions to other gods and other things. But he wants us to realize that when you trust in the Lord, even when things are difficult, it, God is still at work. Mm. And, and obviously, reading this book in light of having already read the Pentateuch, too, like, choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, what does is, what is serving and worshiping the Lord mean? God, God is exclusive. Yeah. Like that, you know, yeah. De- Deuteronomy 6, you know, Daryl was talking about the Shema. Yep. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And it's him only. Him only. It is the idea. Your that, God is one. Yeah, like yeah. that's what's going to get him in trouble in yeah. Judges. They're going to start making, they're going to start yeah. making concessions on that. It's going to be God yeah. plus. God plus. Yeah. Something like that. And so yeah. often that's true of us too. It is. A little bit of Jesus a little bit of something else. I'm going to, I, I have a, a friend who's, uh, whose aunt was kind of like a Mother Teresa yeah. um, in, in the, the Catholic Church and all. And uh, when he became a believer, he said, I was not very sensitive to my family. Mm. And so he said, I just told him, I said, man, you're, you're sending all of our relatives to hell because you're teaching this false thing. And so he offended everybody. And then over time, he was able to go, he says, hey, what I said is true, but I, I, I didn't mean to offend the whole family. Mm-hmm. And so his, his aunt, who serves in Central America, uh, with with the orphans and all that, she uh, he was building rebuilding relationship with her, and she was open to it. And he said, "So, you know, do you ever see where it says to pray to Mary in the Bible?" And 
She says, wow, I never really thought about that. So the next time they were at a family reunion and she was back in the States and they were together and, and she said, she said, you know, I, I read the Bible and you're right. It never tells us to pray to Mary. Mm. So I've decided in light of that, I'm only going to pray to her once a day. You know, So it's still that thing that's like, I'm going to serve the true and living God, but just in case, and yeah. that's the pressure yeah. in the book of Joshua. All these other people seem to have some success doing it their way. So maybe I can serve God and a little bit. Mm. Yeah. 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 Very true. Spiritual polygamist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I want to talk a little bit more about how that's relevant for our lives here in one second. But but before we get to that, um, obviously, one of the things we've got to talk about as we, as we work through this series of Bearing Witness is how each book bears witness to Christ, how it testifies to Christ, to his work, to his coming, which is going to be years later in this story. Yeah, yeah. we know that. But where do we see Christ testified to in the book of Joshua? Well, uh, Joshua is the easiest one in that Joshua is the Old Testament version of the name Jesus. <laughs> and so <laughs> there maybe is a link there somewhere. You have a deliverer, like, and yeah. I think that's the first. Do, do we have one who is a leader, deliverer, a rescuer? Mm. And uh, two, uh, in Christ we find our peace. We find mm. our summit over and over as you read through Joshua. It said, and the Lord gave them peace in the land. And so there's that. Where, where do we go to peace? I've been working for the conference this weekend on John 17, and right before it, he says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but have confidence I've overcome the world. Right before that, he says, my peace I yeah. give to you. So it, he is bringing them to a land of rest and peace. And I think also we see that he is the one that provides everything that we need, that according to his purposes, he knows our need, and his his provision for us is far greater than our greatest expectations. And you see that over and over, as they said 40 years earlier. You know, it's, this, this is a land that you didn't build the walls, you didn't establish the cities, and you didn't plant the crops. Mm-hmm. God's going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And so in Christ Jesus, he gives us an inheritance that is unmerited and unearned, but it is over the top from our expectations. Mm. Amen. Very true. Okay, so in light of all that, in light of the fact that this book is meant to point us to the deliverance, peace, and provision of Christ, in light of the fact that it's, it's not just about leadership principles, but it's really about this dependence no. and this trust, um, this bold trust in God's Word and His promises, what are we supposed to take away from this? What, what does God want us to understand, to believe, to do, or to desire as a result of reading the book of Joshua? Well, there are, there are 11 books in the Old Testament that, that, that move history forward, Genesis, Exodus, and then you come to Joshua. And you, you, Genesis, Exodus, you've covered hundreds of years. Exodus, you've basically covered 40. But here, you, in 24 or 25 years only, you've moved forward. But what the reminder, when you take this one along with the first five, is the importance of handing truth generation to generation. And so they are the sons of Abraham. They are the children of Jacob. But their parents died in the wilderness because of their unfaithfulness. But even in that, they were still a remnant of two, Joshua and Caleb. And so it's a reminder of important. And that's why he calls them out at the end. I think the message is Mm -hmm. for those of us that have experienced the joy of walking with the Lord, make certain that you and your children serve the Lord. Mm. And when we open up the book of Judges, don't spoiler alert, but it got along just fine as long as this generation remained alive. Mm. But then it says, and after them arose a generation who did not know the things the Lord had done. Well, why didn't they know that? Parental failure. 
They mm. forgot to tell that generation, remind them mm. of the faithfulness of God and the call of them to be faithful to a faithful God. So I, th- I think that's the challenge to us is that the things that we know, or as, as Daryl said in Shema, is that we are to teach these things to our children. He is one God. And when we walk around the house and we sit in our chairs at dinner time, and when we go to bed at night, constantly remind them so that another generation doesn't arise who doesn't know him. And it's a painful reminder of our own, you know, as, as leaders, as parents, as whatever the case might be, um, of our own kind of complacency in that. Because two, there's two yeah. key moments in the book of Joshua. Right after they cross the river, yeah. they're set up a monument. And when your children walk by this, yeah. tell them what God did. Take these stones out of the river, put them on the yeah. side so that they see the stones that you've taken. And then at the end, they, they set up another stone, you know, and they say, this is going to be a testament yeah. as a reminder to your children. And then we know that in the book of Judges, clearly they didn't teach their children. What do these stones mean? Yeah. And the the stones are still there. Exactly. Yeah. It it didn't move the stones. It's just that the message related to them was not communicated. Yeah. It's a good reminder for all of us. Um, Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about 2 Timothy 2.2 and the significance Mm -hmm. of that idea of entrusting what you've been given to faithful men that will continue to pass this along. Uh, Kind of a sad tale that goes under the current in the book of Joshua that the people don't do that. Well, listeners, hopefully this has been an encouraging discussion for you. Hopefully this will help you as you read the book of Joshua for yourselves. Let me just give you some of the highlights here on the book of Joshua, things to remember. Uh, It picks up right after Deuteronomy leaves off. It's Joshua taking over for Moses' leadership. Uh, We see them entering the land. We see the land allotted, and then we see these final words from Joshua, much like Deuteronomy, encouraging the people to stay faithful to God, to stay faithful to God's word. Uh, We read this book like narrative. We talked about this. This is one big story. Keep in mind that um, the the tendency, there's a few verses here in the book of Joshua that we have a tendency to kind of cherry pick out and hang on our walls. Uh, They're meant to be read as part of the larger story. And so keep that in mind as you're reading through it. The the weight of the story is what conveys the message, which that really, the point is here um, that we're supposed to be bold in God's word, be trusting in God's promise, be waiting for him, uh, where we see Christ as the deliverer, the perfect peace, our provision, all of those things. And just that consistent reminder that... uh, that that's, that's a faithful act, especially when passing this on to another generation, that we've received doctrine, we've received God's truth, we've received God's word, and we're supposed to entrust that on to another generation who will then do the same. Any, any final thoughts on this book of Joshua for our listeners, Tom? Yeah, I think as, as we're reading it, we, we need to be reminded, again, we've, we've talked about passing these truths on to the next generation, but it's back to the old Christian education mode that that says these things are better caught than taught. Mm. And so I think it's a reminder of the role modeling that we do, those of us who know the Lord. If we live like we do, uh, our our responses to life's trials, circumstances, and joys and blessings are teaching as much to those who are watching as what we say. So um, learn to walk faithfully as you're reading the book. Say, does this reflect who I am in my relationship to the Lord so that my children and grandchildren can love him too? Amen. Both an encouragement and a challenge from the book of Joshua. 
Well, listeners, that's it for this week on Joshua. This coming Sunday, let me remind you um, that actually I, I will be stepping into the pulpit. I'll be preaching, covering our next section, Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 31. I'd encourage you to read those in anticipation for the message. We're going to be addressing the implications of either accepting or rejecting Christ's perfect sacrifice and ongoing priestly ministry that Daryl talked about last week. We'd love to have you join us at either our 9 o'clock or 10.30 hour for that message. And then one more thing to put on your radar in case you're unaware where this weekend, Friday and Saturday, here in a couple of days, is our John 17th Bible Conference here at Faith Bible Church. Um, I will tell you that if you haven't signed up, it's no problem yet. It's free of charge. It includes a lunch on Saturday. It's open yet for registration, so just let us know you'll be coming, and it's also going to be live streamed. So if you're not going to be able to make it in person, you can live stream that. You can find it on our website or on the Faith News link that we'll be sending out And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I hope it's been helpful. If it has, remember you can rate it, share it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And uh, then let me just put in a bit of a teaser here at the end of this episode. Next week, we're going to be stepping away from our Bearing Witness series. We're actually going to be celebrating our 100th episode (laughs) on the podcast, as crazy as that is, a couple years into this thing, 100 episodes. And and we're going to be taking a look back with Tom at some of the memories from Faith Bible Church's history in light of coming up on our 29th anniversary as a church. Whether you're new or whether you've been here for a while, I'm really looking forward to that discussion with Tom, and we'd love to have you join us for that one. Um, And that's it. So we hope you join us for that episode next week on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.